exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. My name is Dave Rinku, and I'll be your host for the next hour. As always, my lovely co-host Megan to my left. Megan, how you doing this Monday? Oh, fantastic. It's the last week of classes, kind of, with finals and everything. Yep. So I'm just ready. Ready, yeah. Weather's, uh, I mean, it was kind of windy today, but... Yeah, it was, that's what I was, I was telling Dave earlier. I was, um, I started my summer job at the golf course back at home, and... Everyone was like, oh, it's so nice out. We're going to be packed. Like, this morning, it was a little cloudy. It was a little yeah. cold. And then, yeah, I'm sitting there. I was there for five hours. The last, like, two hours, I don't think I served one person. So just sitting around. I was in the bar, like, oh, my gosh, I'm so bored. And I was just watching Sports Center, And we ended up watching, like, The Price is Right, Sports Center, <laughs> Family Feud, just because we had nothing else so, to do. You watched TV, and it made some money. <laughs> yep, pretty much. I mean, five hours of doing nothing. <laughs> no, very good. Yes, this is the last week of school. Weather should be, I mean, it's May, so, I mean, I would expect it to be consistently in the 60s, hopefully here soon. It's starting to go up Wednesday. It goes up to 60, 63, 63, 65 by Saturdays. So. Awesome. I mean, <laughs> good to hear. Uh, yeah, it's May. You know, summer's on its way. Um, before we get into the show, I quickly uh, do want to say, um, obviously, I believe the whole nation knows this by now, but Osama bin Laden has been killed uh, as of last night. Uh, the president gave a speech saying that Obama, I mean, not Obama, excuse me, Osama bin Laden is no longer with us. And congratulations to the U.S. Congratulations to everyone that has been putting up with this for the last 10 years, all the victims, all the families that lost people on 9-11. Um, this is a great day for our country. And I uh, just want to congratulate the U.S. and congratulate the American citizens for putting up with this for 10 years. And uh, we finally got them. Uh, if you want any more cov- coverage, definitely tune to any news site. They will. It's all day. Uh, they'll be talking about this uh, for, for a while. Oh, yeah, months. For a long, long time. That's because I think they'll be talking about it because they were talking about pulling troops in about 60 days. So uh-huh. two months, they're thinking they're going to start pulling troops. And that's and, great. Yeah, and that's what I, I talked to my cousin last night who was um, actually in Iraq. Uh-huh. Um, not too long ago. I think he came back about a year ago. Uh, soon, I think about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe two. I can't remember. But I just I was talking to him and I was like, I just wrote on his Facebook wall. I was like, thank you for your past efforts of the war on terrorism. You're a great. You're a great soldier and cousin. He's like, this is the nicest wall post. He was so excited just because he was over there for like three years. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. And, yeah. The only thing that scares me, I don't, I don't like talking politics. This is like the only time I've ever paid attention to it. The only thing that scares me with the whole situation is the retaliation that can come from yep. it. The potential retaliation. I know they're stepping up security measures. Um, and, you know, I just, it's awesome. No, it's fantastic. And yeah, I mean, you have to, you know, obviously it's something like this, you know, retaliation is the first thing that kind of creeps into people's minds potentially, but you can't worry about that. You know, they cut the head off the snake. Uh, I know there's a lot of little snakes still running around. You're not going to get rid of Al Qaeda or the Taliban by oh, just no. killing Osama bin Laden. Oh, no. But, you know, it's a step forward. And again, we're not going to talk about this anymore. This is a sports show. We could talk about this all hour. Uh, on the, <laughs> we really could. But uh, definitely, 
any news any news affiliate is going to be covering this story as we all know so tune into that if you'd like to hear more about that but we have a lot to get to on today's show we're going to be talking about the Tigers woeful six game losing streak mm. oh gosh a lot to get to there we're going to talk a little Spartans the spring game was just played this weekend and we actually had a couple Spartans uh, get drafted in the NFL draft uh, we will also get to that regarding the Detroit Lions how the draft went with them and the pickups that they made uh, we're also going to get to the Detroit Red Wings a team that's down now 2 nothing in the second round of the Western Conference playoffs hopefully they can right the ship here when they get back to Joe Louis Arena on Wednesday we're also going to talk a little NBA and more importantly involving the NHL we're going to talk about versus against ESPN versus just picked up a new contract with the NHL what would you rather have I want people to start thinking about this right now would you rather have hockey broadcasted on broadcasted on versus or would you rather have ESPN take over the NHL and broadcast a lot of games? 517-432-3893 is the number. Sit on that. Think about it. We'll get to it later in the show. But we are going to start the show off with our Detroit Tigers. The Detroit Tigers, like I said, are coming off a six-game losing streak right now. You know, it's funny. The week-to-week in baseball, we're talking about a four-game winning streak just a week ago on this show. You know, Tigers looking up. The offense looked potent. Uh, you know, they put up 21 runs in that series against the White Sox. And now we have a team that really just can't close games out, I think is the best thing to say with them. They played the Cleveland Indians this weekend at Progressive Field. Uh, you know, a very hot Cleveland Indians team. Uh, you know, they've been playing very well. Uh, they had won 10 straight home games before uh, they faced the Tigers this weekend. Now they've won 13 straight home games. Uh, they got swept by the Mariners last week and now swept by the Indians, which leads us to this six-game losing streak. Uh, they're 12-16 and 16 overall, seven and a half games back in the division behind the Indians, who are on top of the division at 19 and 8 and Kansas City there in second at 15 and 13. So Megan, with this team, I mean, I've seen a decent amount of these games. I know mm-hmm. you probably have as well. Uh, you know, what's the major thing jumping out at you when it comes to the Tigers and just not being able to win? <sighs> I don't, we were we were praising their pitching staff for a while, but yep. they're starting to they're starting to scare me. Yeah, the bullpen especially, I'd yes. say. And um I mean, I love Benoit. Benoit's a great pitcher, but what did they have that walk-off Grand Slam against him? Yeah, the walk-off Grand Slam. That was Friday night's game, a game where, you know, the Tigers were up 5-3 to three yeah. in the eighth inning. That's the thing. That's the biggest thing wrong with this team. They blow leads. How many times were we ahead of the Indians? 2 nothing. They'd tie it. We'd go into extra innings, or in the very last eighth and ninth inning, they would come back. I think we lost 5-4 to four yep. in our last game against... And then we went into extra innings, and one of them I know we did. Yep, that was on Saturday. The Tigers went uh, 13 innings, and they yeah. lost three to two. I was at, I was okay. I was working that night yeah. um, at my grandma's bar, and that's what we had three guys in there I know really well. And they're like, hey, "They're gonna win this game. They're gonna win this game." I was like, "Sorry guys, they're gonna blow it." They're <laughs> Good like, call. "Who said that?" I was like, "Oh, that was me." Um, it's I do like I have so much faith in this team, but they're starting to just they're just starting to. I don't know. Make me really sad. I well, love, I mean, I love the Tigers. they're getting they're upsetting. Really, uh, they are. And the other thing is, um, uh, their last game um, against the Indians, mm-hmm. we had uh, their first two runs were solo home runs. Yep. That's the other thing I know we've said a few times is you can't just you have to get people on base, get people on base, then hit the home runs instead of just the one solo home run because that's not going to win games. No. I can see their offense starting to pick up a little bit. 
Um, I, I can give Brandon Inge. I know people rip on him a lot. They're saying his age is showing. They're he's saying, really oh, not batting well. I mean, defensively, no. he's always been a great defensive uh, third no. baseman. He's batting two thirteen right now. Right, and he did have a good. He had a good play, and I know it let in a run um, when he slowed down the ball. It was like a straight shot toward him, slowed mm-hmm. it down, and they got a run in. But that was. I'll give him that. Um, uh, I think Rayburn out in left field one time. He ran, 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 caught the ball. They still got a run in. Like they're doing decent on defense. Mm-hmm. It's their offense that is really that's really bothering me and really um, making me nervous right now. They need to start hitting their pitching staff, especially their bullpen, needs to start um, doing what they need. Just to holding do. on the leads. I know. I don't care if it's one run lead or three run lead. Exactly. I mean, you need to hold on. And I'm late seeing, in games. I'm seeing the old Tigers, the two, three years ago Tigers that would have their lead. And blow it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm watching a 2006, 2007 Spartan football game. Like, <laughs> seriously. John L. Smith. That's the one thing that I noticed about the Spartans, especially, is we would be winning, winning, and then we'd lose. Like, we'd just blow leads. And we need to <laughs> we need to stop doing that because that's not going to work in the solo home run thing. And people need to start hitting. It's our offense. It's not our defense. That's what I'm going to say right now. No, definitely. And, I mean, the offense has been an issue the entire season. I mean, if you want to look, okay, yeah, in the Chicago White Sox series, we were great on offense. You know, two games, we scored nine runs. Mm -hmm. You know, that's fantastic. But you want to look overall this season, uh, this team's not hitting well. As a team, they're batting two fifty one, which is 15th in the league. So they're right in the middle of the pack Mm -hmm. in their batting average right now. And they're 16th in the league in runs, uh, uh, putting in 117 runs up to this point, uh, 28 games into the season. Uh, Like you said, a lot of these solo shots... Cabrera, you know, guys like Avila later in the lineup. Well, the biggest issue with our team, you look at spots one, two, and three. And Jackson's not hitting. Will Rhymes isn't hitting. Mm-mm. Mags is atrocious. Mm-hmm. Absolutely atrocious. I mean, you know, I know I said before that I was going to give Mags half a pass, but at this point, I'm sorry. Um, he's played in 18 games this season, he's batting 159. This guy's a career 303 hitter, and he's batting 159. He's a ground ball machine. And when you have that, that little, just no offense of capability in your one through three spots, Cabrera, can't, he, get, he can knock a home run in, but it's not going to do a lot for you. Cabrera's had this team on his back the whole season, having to do everything. The guy has 20 RBIs, seven home runs. He's already drawn 22 walks. What, he can't do it all. And even Brennan Bosch, who has been playing well this season, he started to slump in Saturday and Sunday's game, going 0 for 11 against the Indians. So, I mean, you look at Will Rhymes in the number two spot, he's batting 221. It's not, like I said, Austin Jackson, a measly 194. They batted him ninth in the game yesterday, and that didn't change anything. Um, I know Jim Leland is trying to mix up these lineups, but as of right now, the only people really hitting are Cabrera, Bosch, you know, with the exception of Saturday and Sunday, Avila. And I'd say like Rayburn. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Peralta, he's doing pretty all right as well. Mm-hmm. You know, but beyond that, this team is not hitting at all. They can't. I mean, they had leads in all three of these games against the Indians. Yes, but in all three of them. They were up 5-3 to three in the eighth in this Friday night game. And then you get the walk-off grand slam. 3-2, to two, 13 innings. They were heading that game again. Had it got it tied up again in the eighth or ninth. Sunday, same deal again. It's just, it's enough of this. You need to close out games. Yeah, I mean, I know the Indians are playing well. Don't get me wrong. But these were all winnable games. The Indians didn't come out and stomp on us. Yeah, I'm I'm sick of seeing the only thing I turned on. I can't remember what game I turned it on in like the fifth or the sixth inning. So I was doing something earlier, mm-hmm. and, and someone would come up to bat. 
this hitter, like, at the bottom, they have their stats for the game. 0 for 5, 0 for 4, 0 for 6. Like, I'm like, come on. Like, that's not acceptable. You're a pro MLB baseball player. You're on a professional baseball team. You're in the starting lineup. Come on. Come on. Come on. I know they're better than this, and I know they have it in them. It's uh, it's almost like, it's like, I'm, I hate all these comparisons to the Spartans, how we had, we had so <laughs> many expectations for our basketball team, and then all of a sudden... Just gone. Yeah. Just blown. They think they think they're better than they are, and that kind of, maybe they don't. But like, um, it's I have I know they can do it. It's just they're not. It's this offense. I don't know. I don't know what it is. What they need to do. They need to fix something though. They need more batting yeah. practice. I don't know. Well, I mean, batting coach, come on now. Yeah, I mean, from what I've read, <laughs> Leland ripped into him on Sunday. Uh, just ripped, t- tore into the team. Obviously, he gave uh, you know the article I read. He said he gave a PG you know rated version to the media, <laughs> uh, but he definitely was not did not have the same tone uh, with his players. And that's exactly it. I mean, and a lot of it. You know, I can't put everything on uh, Leland. He is the skipper, uh, but at the same time, you can't right. you can't hit for the guys. The guys got to hit, right? And you know, they really need to start getting it done. Uh, here's a quote uh, from Jim Leland regarding just how the team's been playing so far. He says, "Quote: When you look back, all you know, all these you know, all the losses, we didn't do enough things to win these games." End quote. He says, "Quote: Right now, we're just not doing enough to win." He just repeat himself. End quote. I mean, and that's exactly it. They're not doing enough to win games, whether it's losing it with the bullpen late in games or just they're not scoring enough runs. They put up five, two and four runs in this whole, you know, this whole right. series against Cleveland. And, you know, if you're going to score a little amount of runs, you need to be well defensively. You need to pitch well. And these late game blow ups, they're killing them. What about I, the one thing that they they can't hit those? They're not able to hit those line drives right up the middle. The ones that drop drop in, it looks like they're either trying to hit a home run, mm-hmm. pop it up super high into the outfield, and doesn't make it. Obviously, <laughs> sorry, it's way too high. <laughs> I hit my mic. Sorry if you guys heard that. Um, and it, or they're hitting those little dribble hits straight to like the third baseman, the shortstop. Like oh, when I was yeah, in, ground balls every I, second. Yeah, when I was working, it was funny because they were they, I can't remember who was up to bat, but they were trying to. They were like, oh no, this guy's gonna hit out of the park. They're gonna do this. Some guy goes, he's gonna hit it to the shortstop, throw it to first, last out. Did exactly that. <laughs> like he knew exactly. I can't remember. I wish I could remember who it was, but and then how about Brennan Bosch's pop up right in front of the plate? Yeah, he's Mister. Uh, luckily dropped. Oh, didn't or not dropped, but, but just, just didn't even muffed. get it. Yeah, completely. Yeah, that was such luck. And that's another thing with Bosch is that he's gotten plate discipline down a little bit better this season, but in too many pivotal times he's swinging at first pitches and popping up, and he's got to stop doing that. Yeah, you know I. Just a little more patience out there, Brennan, because especially when you have runners on first and second, even maybe bases loading, you know, key opportunities to really get some runs in and kind of take hold of the game. You know, you're swinging on that first pitch and you're just popping up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, hopefully this 0 for 11 that he, uh, you know, hit on uh, Saturday and Sunday is not something we will see continue and see that second half Brennan Bosch of last year who just completely fell apart. Uh, Like I said, Miguel Cabrera right now is killing this team. I mean, he's doing, you know, he's killing it for the team. He's doing amazing. Again, 20. 20 RBI, seven home runs. He's batting 333. Um, his uh, OPS, which is uh, again on base percentage and slugging percentage combined, is almost at 1100. So uh, you know, again, Miguel's doing fantastic. Alex Avila, he's all, he's at 299 batting right now. Avila just doing fantastic. 19 RBIs, three home runs. But you're going to need more production um, out of your other hitters, especially in the top of that lineup. Like I said, your one through three spot. Uh, 
something's got to change. Something has got to get fixed up here. And uh, right now, you got uh, what we really need. We really need Victor Martinez back, uh, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Uh, Victor Martinez, actually, um, he's been on the disabled list since April 19th, and I guess he's going to re, uh, he's going to start his rehabilitation assignment Monday with the Toledo Mudhens. So he is down there with the Toledo Mudhens today. Um, he's been out with a sore groin, but the, they are, the Tigers are saying that he is eligible to return to the lineup starting Wednesday. So hopefully he can get back. He he only batted 250 in 16 games with the Tigers, but he is still a key spot for our uh, DH in the in the five spot there. So it'd be really nice to get him back, get him healthy. Hopefully that groin is completely healed up. Uh, looking at the Tigers uh, series right now, and that game uh, just got underway on ESPN. That's the Detroit Tigers versus the New York Yankees. So we have a four-game series with the Yankees, and it's it's at Comerica Park. But uh, like I said on the last uh, last show. 19 games this month versus the AL East. It's a tough division. You have the Yankees, you have the Red Sox, Tampa Bay Rays, the Orioles, uh, you know, and the Blue Jays. It's a division that's very difficult. The Tigers, we're really going to see what they're made of here. Again, Verlander's on the mound tonight against Cologne. Uh, hopefully, uh, Verlander can uh, get back to form, get it done. Tigers need to start winning again. Seven and a half games back. You know, I know we're only 28 games in the season, but, you know, it can get out of hand fast. We were just a game and a half back a week ago. Now we're seven and a half games back. They continue on this, you know, this downward slide. It could be 12, 13 games by the end of next week. So, you know, you dig yourself that deep of a hole, even though it's early in the season, it's still tough to get out of. Oh, yeah. Um, so, again, the Tigers have a four-game series starting tonight. Uh, first pitch, uh, the game started at 7.05, so it's probably just underway. Mm-hmm. After the uh, Yankees, the Tigers will be traveling to the Toronto Blue Jays, and they'll be playing four games against the Blue Jays. Blue Jays a team at 13-15 and 15 right now. Uh, the Yankees 16-9 and nine, uh, record on top of the AL East. So uh, let's see the Tigers kind of pick it up and get back into form. Uh, these six games have just it's been atrocious. I'm sick of watching them on mute. I don't <laughs> like hearing what's going on because it just b- bothers me. Uh-huh. So I well, and plus I'm, do- I'm doing a lot of studying, which everyone else should be doing. Um, yes. But I just put them on mute and I just look up and I'm like, oh, well, so I'll go back to my studying. Now it's such motivation because I have nothing else to do. <laughs> I'll go back to studying. Now. I'll just study now. <laughs> Screw the Tigers. Yeah. No, but they watch them. Yeah. Well, they're on right now. So if anyone wants to watch that again, that game is on ESPN. Just got underway. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Verlander can get it done. But uh, we're going to move on to the Michigan State Spartans and talk about them for a moment. The uh, Spartans played their spring game this weekend and uh, from what I've read because I, I did not go to the spring game and it's not like they aired on TV like the dumb blue and gold game for Notre I Dame. Say I watched it on TV. Why is that on TV? I don't know. My, Why? My friend came. He lives in Heartland. Um, he is a big U of M fan and he came over and just goes to our living room, turns on the TV. I'm like what is this? Yeah, what? <laughs> He's like, it's the spring game. I was like why? Why? Why is it on ABC? Yeah, right. Like, there's nothing better. I mean, I'd rather watch, like, you know, some wood chopping competition. Like, I mean, the spring game? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but That's saying a lot. It, I really would. I mean, I just, I don't care. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, we're going to talk about it for a second, but um, from what I've read, the one good uh, thing out of this spring game is our, you know, our young guys get a chance to get out there and get a lot of playing time in the spring game. And uh, from what I've read, our uh, young guys like William Go- Golston, uh, who's a sophomore this year, uh, 
playing just a beast out there. Absolutely uh, looked fantastic. Uh, here's a quote from our defensive coordinator, Pat Narduzzi, uh, talking about Tyler Hoover and Golston. Um, he says, quote, those are two big dudes. I love it if they came off the bus first because they'd be great because <laughs> they are great looking guys and they played well, end quote. And that's great to hear. William Golston, who was a, you know, a five-star recruit uh, last year, he did not get a lot of playing time, hampered by a little bit of a bad shoulder for part of his freshman season. But uh, they, from what I've read, they looked great out there. And that's fantastic to hear. Also, a lot of good things coming out about Tony Lippett, uh, who's our redshirt freshman. And, uh, yeah, I guess he caught a pass for 57 yards, played a lot of solid man-to-man coverage as a cornerback. Um, Keyshawn Martin says, quote, Tony's going to be a good player. As a receiver, he's got soft hands. I don't really see him drop that many passes, and he can go up and make the big catch. He's going to help us out this year. And that's great to hear. Nice to see our young guys uh, stepping up in a spring game, even though, you know, it's not the biggest deal at all. But nice to see them playing well. And, uh, you know, they'll keep practicing. College football is still a little while away. Oh, I have a fun article, actually. I totally forgot about. Can I throw it in here Oh, real for quick? sure. Um, I actually saw this on Twitter. I do tweet. You do I tweet. I do tweet, but that's where I get a lot of my sports fun stuff, which actually worked out today. No, that is good. Um, yeah, the article is called, uh, it's at the Debt News, Special of the Day MSU Coaches Serve Lunch to Students. We had Tom Izzo, Susie Merchant, Mark D'Antonio, a bunch of other MSU coaches in Brody Calf today serving lunch nice. to our MSU students. Well, that's fantastic. And I thought it was funny. Did you get a chance to? I didn't. I just got home. I was back at home studying. Uh, I just got back at ar- around like 530. Uh-huh. But I was on I was on Twitter and my, this kid goes, I just got pizza from Tom Izzo and ice cream from Mark D'Antonio. He goes, I don't, that's kind of cool. And I was like, are you serious? So I just looked this up and yeah, that was kind of a, kind of a cool sports related thing. You know, we had all of our MSU coaches out there serving us food. Yeah. I that's, Awesome. They said no better way to make like a student's day than to serve during finals week. Seriously, a little uplifting thing for our students. <laughs> no, and that's great. It's it's cool. It's a cool idea. Um, I would love to see uh, Izzo wielding some uh, you know pizza. There's I don't know what. Actually, a picture on Dot News. If uh-huh. you guys want to check it out, you just type in. If you type in Tom Izzo into Google, it's like the first like article that pops up is from the Dot News, and there's a picture of Tom Izzo. To handing someone a piece of pizza with his little pizza cutter and everything in his hands. <laughs> it's kind of funny, you know, to see Tom Izzo with like a hairnet on or a hat and with his apron and stuff. So I, that's kind of a cool little fun thing to throw in for the day after we just ripped apart the Tigers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it definitely is. That's fun. That's cool. I wish you would have known that. I would have just stopped in the Brody earlier. I, didn't, I had no idea. I didn't know either. You know? I, I had no pre- previous knowledge to this until afterward, obviously. So. Yes. Uh, staying on MSU just for a second, uh, we wanna, I want to talk about two MSU football players that were drafted this weekend in the NFL draft. Uh, congratulations to Greg Jones and Chris L. Rucker. Mm-hmm. Greg Jones was drafted to the New York Giants in the sixth round, and Chris L. Rucker was drafted to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, also, uh, three picks uh, hmm. after Greg Jones, so it was very late. Um, and here's a here's a quote from Greg Jones: "says quote It's been a stressful three days, but I feel both relieved and excited. All of my hard work has paid off, and now I'm excited to have the opportunity to pursue my dream of playing in the NFL. A lot of teams passed on me, but I'm hungrier than ever to prove myself. I wasn't highly recruited coming out of high school." But yet I became a four-year starter and an All-American, end quote. Great to hear that. Um, I, I was not surprised that uh, Greg Jones was drafted. I wasn't sure about Rucker. It was something that we had talked about before. I did not know if he was going to get drafted or not. 
um, you know, especially just with some of his off the field issues and not, you know, just did not play as much this season. And, you know, when scouts don't get a chance to see you play, especially in your senior season, they might not take you. But, uh, no, they both got drafted, so congratulations to them. Um, you know, with Chris L. Rucker going to the Colts, he's going to be going there. Blair White's already uh, with the Colts, so we're going to have two MSU guys. Two guy, MSU guys uh, repping the Indianapolis Colts out there. So, yeah, just congratulations to those players. I mean, that's fantastic to hear. Um, it was very late uh, when, you know, you're selected 185th in the draft. It's a lot of, like you said, stressful. You know, I mean, you're mm-hmm. sitting around, you're waiting, you just don't know if you're going to get that phone call. But they did, and uh, great for them. Uh, it's just nice to see. Uh, I mean, Greg Jones, who was just a fantastic linebacker oh, for yeah. us, amazing, uh, which is, uh, you know, something we definitely need to, you know, fill in that hole, not having him anymore. I wish the most stressful thing for me was getting drafted into that. NFL. Getting drafted. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what if you didn't get drafted? Then it's like, you know, now what do I do? That's true. I played football for four years. and Well, I mean, you went to school for something, unless you didn't try. I, I'm not going to generalize, but I, I can guarantee you some athletes I know. aren't really focused I, on their degree. That's that's true. It is very true. Those people think that they can make it all the way, and good for them. And I'm sure some of them are definitely good enough, like Greg Jones. I don't know what his grades are. I'm not going to like. I'm not going to speculate or anything. No, he's a smart guy, though. No, I'm sure he is. And you know, if I I love those athletes though, but athletes don't they take less credits? Yeah, I really don't know. I think they do. Do they? I, I had a friend who used to do track. And, like, they had certain classes they could take, like, easier classes, because they're always gone. Yeah. They're always doing something, which I can understand. Well, yeah, you know, you have to, yeah, a lot of practices, a lot of just, you know, early workouts, right. travel, you know, to, you know, they for different games. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. That's nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and right. Good for them. You no, know, definitely. Work on what you need to do, and if you feel like that you can make it all the way, then go for it. But I love those athletes who have the good grades, like the 3.5, 4.0 athletes, but are phenomenal athletes. Like, that's such, like... So, like, yeah, Dean's List and then just yeah. an amazing athlete. Yeah, that's, like, such an accomplishment in itself, even if you don't get drafted or you don't get picked to go pro. No, it really is. Uh, moving on past the Spartans, though, real fast before we take our break, I want to talk about the NFL draft and what it meant for the Detroit Lions. And uh, you can definitely call in all show about this, phone number 517-432-3893. Were you happy with the Lions draft? Uh, you know, they drafted some uh, pretty good guys. Uh, do you, you know, obviously, they still have holes to fill. You're not going to fix, uh, you know, a whole team in one draft. But uh, it's a nice start. They did fill some holes, uh, much-needed holes. Uh, looking at the Lions draft, uh, with the 13th pick in the first round, the Lions drafted Nick Fairley uh, from Auburn, the defensive tackle, and uh, which was a very, uh, very lo- uh, amazed to see that Nick Fairley fell to 13th. A lot of people saw him as a top-five guy, and uh, a lot of quarterbacks were being drafted before him. Um, Cam Newton went number one overall to the Carolina Panthers. And, uh, you know, the Lions, I think, lucked out. They were look, they were looking at, you know, Prince uh, Muakara, uh, the cornerback, uh, to draft him. But with Nick Fairley available, I, there's no way you can pass on this guy. Uh, he's an absolute beast, weighs about almost 300 pounds, 6'4", and now he's going to be put next to Indamika Sue. So, I mean, this team is going to have one of the best front four in the league with Vandenbosch. Um, it's going to be it's going to be amazing the weapons that they have there on defense. Um, also, the Lions drafted 
Titus Young, a uh, wide receiver from Boise State, which uh, I think is a nice addition. Um, Titus Young, who, uh, you know, you need another guy for Calvin Johnson. Uh, yes, you do have Nate Burleson, but I think Titus Young, nice young blood, a uh, very fast player, um, you know, good speed. Uh, nice to see. Uh, I, I think that was a pretty good pick. And then uh, you look at Mikael uh, Lashore, who is a uh, running back out of Illinois. The uh, Lions actually uh, gave up two picks to trade up to get this guy in the third round. And, uh, you know, he's a ground and pound, uh, you know, running back. And, I mean, you remember Javid Best and mm-hmm. the just injury issues mm-hmm. that he was having last season. Mm-hmm. You know, after that turf toe injury, he was just... Yeah. You know, it was he kind of you know he had an explosive game, and then well, really once he hurt that toe, he never got back to form. Yep. So we are going to need uh, you know a good a decent running back to you know give Javid a little less you know less snaps. He just can't be carrying the ball that much. And it's, it's same goes for Sue. I mean, Sue was dominant. He was amazing last year. But you know, still Sue was in so many plays, and you know you just start to worry about a guy getting worn down or just getting hurt. You play that many game, you know that many take that many snaps. It's really going to get to you. But you know, I think uh, overall, I'm very happy with the Lions uh, draft. Uh, you know, Marty Mayhew did a real good job, uh, in my opinion. And again. You know, people say obviously we need a cornerback. Our secondary is very weak. Mm-hmm. You still need an uh, outside linebacker. There are still holes to fill. Don't get me wrong. But again, <laughs> you are not going to solve this problem in a draft. You're going to start to solve the problem, but you're not going to fix it all in one second. It's just not the way it works. You know, it's not like the NBA where you can get that one guy, that one Derrick Rose, to make your team a playoff contender or a championship caliber team. The NFL is not the same in that way. One guy is not going to change your entire team. I was watching ESPN earlier today, Mm -hmm. my Sports Center update at work. Um, I don't remember who who the two guys were, but they were talking to two guys and they were saying, what team that didn't make it in the playoffs last year will make it this year? Well, one of them picked the Detroit Lions. That's right. And they said because of our Mm D-line and who we picked up in the draft. And then it was funny because the last thing he said is he goes, we just have to keep Matt Stafford standing upright. (laughs) And he goes, keep him healthy and they'll make it all the way. And I just, I was laughing and the golf pro walks in. He goes, what are you laughing at? I said, they're just talking about the Lions making it to the playoffs this year. So that's, I, I, yeah, Matt Stafford definitely needs to stay healthy. When we got down to our third string last year, that was a little iffy. Yeah, it was. And they were like, oh, what injured first or second string quarterback? Yeah, I mean, Sean Rogers just has a broken forearm and (laughs) Drew Stanton just always kind of hurt in some way. So yeah, keep him on his feet. Yeah, I mean, if Stafford can stay healthy and I know this is what all Lions fans have really been saying if we can have a healthy Stafford for the whole season yes definitely the Lions will have success they were six and ten last year won their last four games uh you know they're on the upswing they really are they have a very young team uh you know Matt Stafford you know he's very young you look at a lot of these guys that we have on this team they're just you know I mean other than Nate Burleson who's you know you know older I mean you look at Brandon Pettigrew he's 26 Tony Scheffler 28 uh Javid Best is 22 you know Mikhail Long LaShore 21. Uh, Stafford's 23. It's a very young team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sue, obviously, very young as well. Uh, yeah, again, Nate Burleson, the old man on totem pole at 29. <laughs> um, but still. Uh, <laughs> How would you feel? You are old. <laughs> You're 29. You are ancient. You are ancient in the NFL. And uh, yeah, Calvin Johnson at 25. So it's a very young team. Um, I think they have, uh, you know, they can only only go up from here. Uh, you know, this team, as we all remember, went 0-16, not more than, you know, 
three seasons ago. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, they're, they're stepping it up. They're getting better. Um, and I think they, you know, it was a pretty darn good draft. We'll see what happens with free agency. Uh, you, we still have to wait on that. With the lockout going on still, they can't do anything with free agency. So a lot of question marks uh, right there. Uh, before we uh, end this uh, topic and go to break, I just want to give a quote by uh, uh, Marty Mayhew, the GM. He says, quote, the draft is not the finish line for us as far as our personnel department. We have a lot of work to do. I told you that a while back. We have a lot of areas where we can definitely improve and we'll continue to work at, the, at those things, end quote. Um, you know, Marty Mayhew, he definitely knows that this draft does not fill all the holes. It did not, you know, fill all the gaps, you know, when it came to this team. But, you know, they did a good job in this draft. Uh, you know, here again, here's a quote, and this is exactly what I was thinking. Quote, from our position of staying true to our draft board and taking the best player available, we can do that and know there's going to be a better class of players to fill in gaps from. So I don't have a problem with it. In fact, I kind of like it that way. I like the way it's playing out this year. And that's true. The Lions stay true to their draft board. They didn't go with Prince because, you know, they really need a quarterback. They went with the best talent available. And I got to give credit to the Detroit Lions with that. Good draft. Let's see it improve. Let's make sure we have an NFL season so we can see this team on the field. I think that's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. But we are going to take a quick break here on the Spartan Sports Wrap. When we get back, we're going to get into the Detroit Red Wings. Also, again, versus against ESPN, who would you rather have the broadcaster of the NHL be? All right, 517-432-3893. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. Exposure. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot of gamers look at you as a gang member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's progressive torch and twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. Now back to Impact Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. David Megan here with you for another half hour. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> we need. I wanted two hours for this show today. I, I would have loved that. We should have uh, done the first hour on Obama and politics. Yes. An hour on sports. It would have just been two different shows. There you go. But that's a both interesting. That's a thought. Uh, but we are going to get to Detroit Red Wings. And again, I want to pose a question to our listeners. How do you think the Wings are going to handle being down 2 nothing in this series? Do you see them bouncing back and getting this series under control when they head back to the Joe on Wednesday night? Or will we see what happened last year? The Wings losing in round in five games, six games. How do you see the rest of this going? Phone numbers five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. So talking about the Red Wings again. Yes, they're down o two in the series to the San Jose Sharks, the team we played last year in the second round, lost in five games. The only game the Red Wings won last year was in Game Four, an onslaught uh, win of seven to one last year in Game Four. But right now. 
the Wings can't score. Uh, they've only scored two goals in these last two games. And we're talking about a team that was averaging four and a half goals a game in the first series against the Phoenix Coyotes. So uh, uh, really, again, you going to the Tigers, stunted on offense. Uh, you're really not getting it done offensively. Uh, Jimmy Howard has been playing fantastic hockey. Uh, none of this is on Jim Howard. Uh, you know, Howard's been doing a fantastic job. Um, he had 37 saves last night. Uh, he can only do so much. Um, and again, the Wings putting themselves in the penalty box in opportune times. And again, not capitalizing on their power plays. This team went one for six on the power play yesterday. Okay, they need to do better than that. I mean, they had a, a double minor called, you know, when a high stick got applicator, and they couldn't do a thing on this four-minute power play. Um, I, I don't think they might have gotten one shot on net. Um, just not going to get it done. So, you know, what do you listeners think the reason is, you know, for these Red Wings not playing well? I mean, I know it's a lot of things, but what do you think is the one main thing that they need to really just get going? It's easy to say, yeah, score. Well, obviously they need to score. But what else aren't they doing? What else? Megan, what aren't they doing? I don't know. What aren't they doing? <laughs> I don't know. Um, gosh, I've only watched a little bit of it. Uh, I mean, do you think, I mean, bad question. Do you think the Red Wings are going to get it together? Do you think that, you know, you just, okay, you know, San Jose held serve. They were at their home. Okay. They won two, you know, they're up two nothing. Right. Can we go back to the Joe, even this series up and, you know, make something happen out of it? I hope so. <laughs> oh, so do I. I, I, I sure as heck hope so. I mean, in the past, they've been able to, they've been dominant. Um, do you know anything about, like, their statistics at home? How you said, Didn't you say before they actually aren't as good at home? Yeah, in the regular season, they had a better road record uh, than a home record. But I think, uh, you know, here's an interesting little statistic regarding playoff teams being down 2 nothing in a series. Um, fewer than 20% of teams down 2 nothing in the Stanley Cup playoffs go on to win the series. But what about the Blackhawks? Did, well, weren't they down? Were they they down were down 3 nothing in the series, yeah. but they tied it up 3-3, three to three, right. still losing the series. Right. But, I mean, yeah, they made a series out of it, mm -hmm. but they still lost. I mean, I don't, want to, I, don't want, I don't want to have to become the fourth team in NHL history to come back from a 3-0 deficit. I mean, that's too much stress for me. Well, exactly. <laughs> and I think I think they can. If they want it enough, they'll do it. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm at right now. The Red Wings, as far as I know, have the talent. I don't know much about the Sharks. Sharks are a very talented team as well. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, they just, you know, they had just a couple more points than us when it came to the uh, regular season. Right. Uh, they're a very good defensive team. And Antti Nieme, uh, their goalie, has been playing fantastic. Um, again, I did say last week that I thought, you know, I'd rather play the Sharks right. than the Predators. But if you look at Pekka Rene, who's a Nashville uh, Predators goalie, they've both been playing out of their mind. Uh, both goalies have been doing fantastic. Again, you know, Antti Nieme only giving up two goals in two games. And if you want to look at uh, Pekka Rene, out of Nashville, he's only given up three goals in uh, two games. Uh, so uh, both goalies are playing great. I did not see that coming uh, with the, the, the rough series that Niemey had um, in the first round against the Los Angeles Kings. I just wasn't expecting that. But he's really put the team on his back. And same with Howard. A lot of these games have been very low scoring, uh, goalie matchups. And, you know, the Wings really need to get it together. Mm -hmm. uh, but we have a call, actually, real fast. So uh, let's go to the phone lines. Hey, what's going on, John? You're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Yeah, I'm calling in on what you were saying, what, what the deal is with the Red Wings. And, uh, what do you think the deal is? Well, you know, they always make it to the playoffs. And uh, I know it, it's, it, it's like um, 
not like baseball where you know you're you have to be either the top seed or one below that. I mean, yeah, like only eight teams make the playoffs in the uh, you know in the MLB, whereas I mean you have sixteen teams making yeah. the playoffs. I think the Red Wings have to understand that you know making the playoffs is one thing, but if you're hungry for the Stanley Cup, mm-hmm. and I know they've had it before, okay, you have to be hungry for that again. I think. I, I don't know. Maybe they're losing that edge where, you know, well, I'm here, and, and you know, maybe that's as far as I want to go. Uh-huh. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, you have to be hungry. You have to go out there and and want to win for uh the Stanley Cup, not just to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't understand. No, That's- I definitely agree, John. I mean, uh, sometimes you a team that has continuous success making it to the playoffs 20 straight seasons for the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, I think sometimes you can get complacent. And yeah. uh, I think yeah, you've seen a little bit of that out of the wings. Um, not that they're not hungry, but I think the Sharks, they, they've shown that they're hungrier uh, right now. <laughs> so uh, I really appreciate the call, John. You have a good night. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. I completely agree. That's what I'm at. As far as as much as I don't know about these teams, yes, I if they want it enough, if a team wants it enough, they'll get it. Yeah, I mean, usually, I mean, because the thing is, it's not that the Red Wings or the Sharks are so different in you know skill level. They're very similar. Right. They're very evenly matched. This isn't like you know a first round series where you know we're playing some eight seed and you're just wondering how they're beating us up. Right. These are very you know evenly matched teams. And, uh, you know, the Sharks have had our number. This is the, you know, they've won nine out of the 11 times that we've played them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's they're not getting it done. Uh, they just haven't had puck control. And if you watch these games, you really notice how little the Red Wings are controlling the puck in their zone and in the Sharks zone. They're not doing it. Okay, they got outshot 19 to 9 in the second period. I mean, that's not, I mean, yeah, Jimmy Howard didn't give up a goal. I mean, he played great. But 19 to 9, it just shows you how little we have the puck. You know, you're getting outshot 25 to 9 in a period of 25 minutes in the game. That shows you how outplayed you're being. And when you don't have the puck on your stick, you're not going to score. Okay, the Wings have been doing a good job at killing off penalties. Don't get me wrong, their penalty kill has gotten better this series. But when you're in the box and you're shorthanded again and again and again, you know, you're not going to get a lot of shorthanded chances. Yes, there was a breakaway, a shorthanded breakaway yesterday that Darren Helm just could not bury. It would have been a huge momentum swing at that point. But, you know, you can't rely on that. Those, those opportunities are few and far between. You need to play at even strength. And the Wings aren't doing that. A lot of dumb penalties, inopportune times for a lot of these penalties. You know, the Sharks will get called for a penalty. And twice yesterday in the game, Detroit takes a penalty no more than 25 to 30 seconds after we started the power play. It completely negates the opportunity that we had at that time. So even when you see the Red Wings had six power plays, you might as well get rid of two of them because they only were on the power play for 20 seconds, 30 seconds. You can't really get much going in that amount of time. Okay, They need to do better. Okay, When they scored this goal in Game 2, it was the first goal in 115 minutes in the series. It's almost two full games. Okay, You can't be doing that. The two goals in two games. This is their worst offensive performance in a playoff series in 11 years. Mm. In 11 years, they just they can't score. They need to figure that out. They have to figure out. It was a beautiful goal by you know from uh, Datsuk to Zetterberg to make that game 2-1. to one. Six minutes left in the third period. But again, playing from behind, not going to help you. And Jimmy Howard, he can only do so much. Okay, He can only do so much. They need more. They need more out of, out of all their guys. They need to skate harder. They need to hit harder. You know, I read a nice article about this by, uh, from Lynn Henning speaking that, you know, a lot of these penalties, a lot of this, you see, it's retaliatory penalties. 
It's like the Sharks are getting under their skin. Mm-hmm. You can really tell, especially in Game 2, which had a lot more gusto, a lot more grit, a lot more fire between both of these teams. They need to stay out of the box and play smart. That's what the Wings have been known for. They play with their heads. They don't play with their fists. Okay? They play smart hockey, and you saw in Game 2, the Sharks are getting to them. You got Jimmy Howard getting ice twice in the face. Okay, you know what? You, they need to get a little. They get, need to get a little fire in their belly. They have to because if they don't, this series is going to be over before you know it. Again, uh, the Red Wings will be playing on Wednesday night. Okay, that game is going to be at 8 p.m. at Joe Louis Arena. Game four will take place Friday at 7 p.m. Both games will be on versus. Uh, real quickly, uh, the, all the other action going on in the NHL. Uh, Philly is playing Boston. Uh, the puck just dropped in that game about 10 minutes ago, 7.30 start time. Boston is up 1-0 in the series right now. They whooped on Philly. 7-3 in game one, just completely dismantled Philadelphia. So we'll see if uh, Philly can even the series out tonight. Uh, looking at the other two series, Vancouver and Nashville all tied up at one game apiece. Game three will be tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Nashville, huge win, uh, huge win the other day, double overtime win against uh, the Canucks. Uh, they scored the equalizer with about 67 seconds left in the third period to tie the game up, won it in double overtime. Congre- I mean, good win by the uh, Predators. Uh, you really like to see that. I mean, because if we're going to come out with this series with the Sharks, it's going to be long, and I don't need the Canucks having a sweep of a series or a five-game series. So hopefully the Predators can keep the Canucks in check. Uh, looking at the last series, Tampa Bay versus Washington. Uh, the Tampa Bay up 2-0 in this series. Um, you want to talk about hungry. Tampa Bay wants it. Um, you know They're going now down. They're traveling back to Tampa Bay already up 2-0 in the series. Game 3 will be Tuesday evening, 6.30 p.m. We'll see if Ovechkin and these guys can right the ship because Tampa Bay and Stevie Eiserman out there as the new GM, they're getting it done. St. Louis, Stamkos, all these guys, they look like they want it. So uh, really, congratulations to Tampa Bay. Uh, hopefully they can get a few fans out to their arena because Tampa Bay, not the best market. But uh, hopefully, if they start, if they keep winning like this, things might turn around in that sense. But uh, we are going to move on to the topic I really wanted to discuss today. And uh, I definitely would like some people to call in on this and give me their opinion because I'm just really curious as to what the, the fan base of the NHL, or just sports fans in general, uh, think of this. About a week and a half ago, uh, Versus uh, signed a contract, uh, re-signed a contract with uh, the NHL. Okay, uh, NBC and Versus, basically, as the article says, froze out ESPN's NHL offer. Okay, it's going to be a ten-year, about two billion dollar deal for Versus and NBC. Again, my question to our listeners: Do you like hockey as Versus being its main provider? As versus being it's your analysis, your coverage, all your games. Or would you rather have it on ESPN? Would you rather have it on a network that has over a hundred million viewers? Would you or you know, what would you rather have? I mean it's just that simple as that. Uh, 517-432-3893. you know, the NHL was on ESPN for twenty one years. Okay? ESPN covered it all up until the lockout. The NHL was on ESPN from about 82 to 2003, and then we had the dreadful lockout in 2004, 2005 that really just completely ruined the league. Uh, And the league has never recovered since that lockout. And again, my question to you, would the NHL be better off with ESPN? Now, Megan, I got to ask you, 
between Versus and ESPN. I mean, you know, you know, friends of yours that watch hockey and they right. they watch Versus. You know, what? Who would you rather have the NHL? You know, marketed through. Well, a. I have heard multiple times from hockey fans they don't like the commentators on Versus. They say they don't like what they don't know anything of what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. They. They're not like anything but a lot of. So I've heard that the commentating is really bad. The other thing I know with Versus especially is not everyone has it. Um, I think that's the big thing is like if you live in Michigan, you pretty much have Fox Sports Detroit. Like that's yep. done. I know it's not ESPN. Every time I've watched Red Wing Hockey, it's been on Fox Sports Detroit. So, I'm, I mean, I, I can't really say much with Versus. Um, I, I would, I, most people would probably prefer if they switch it over to ESPN. I, I don't want to, like, you know, generalize, but just because, A, they don't, not a lot of people have verses. Like, I have Comcast, I do have verses. Yes, Comcast, and, look, and they just signed a contract, like, two years ago, mm-hmm. because before you had to pay extra if you had Comcast to right. get verses, which was ridiculous. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. That's the big thing, like, when I'm poking around Facebook and everyone's like, oh, the Red Wings are on, all the kids in the dorms are like, we don't have it, we don't have verses. Like, I have yep. to watch, like, do I have to pirate it through the internet or something and watch <laughs> it? Um, but I think that's a big thing, and the other big thing I've noticed um, with people is a, a growing trend is the commentators. Um, they say they don't know what they're saying. This guy's horrible. Like, what is he talking about? Like that kind of thing. And so it would pro- a lot of people, judging by what I've heard from verses, a lot of people would probably prefer if it was through ESPN, just because I feel like they get the, I feel like ESPN gets the better the better batch, I guess, of sports Of analysts and broadcasters. Because everyone wants to work for ESPN. Even I want to work for ESPN. Yeah, that's right. And that's like, that's the big thing is that they get the people that really like want the, de- like have the desire. Like if you look at something like Versus, but then you look at something like the Speed Channel, like Speed Network, that's all NASCAR. That's all racing. IndyCar. Yeah. yeah all everyone that. knows that's, that's, that's like focused on one thing with ESPN. They can know, like, everything. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Um, you know, I feel like ESPN gets the better part of the commentators because people feel like if they work for ESPN, they're, like, the biggest, they're, like, the best thing. They get more credibility right. without a doubt. Right, because, so I feel like ESPN would probably be the better place to put it, just judging judging solely on what I've heard about versus. Mm-hmm. And I definitely agree. And this is why I brought up this topic, because I've talked about this for years, that the NHL needs to get ESPN back, mm-hmm. that hockey was at its best. It's not just because it was on ESPN for 21 years. The game in general was better when I was growing up. I loved hockey as a kid. I thought it was a, it was a higher scoring game. I just thought it was you know better player. I just better hockey in general. And you've seen in the NHL wonders, you know why they are struggling for ratings and why they're struggling for you know new fans. And I don't wonder because versus as you know versus is decent. Versus has helped out hockey. It's gotten more fans to hockey. But the bottom line is versus is a niche station. Okay, people have ESPN on all day just in the background. It's a CNN type. You know, you want if you want to know about sports, you have ESPN on in the background. You have SportsCenter on. And if you'd have if you had the NHL with ESPN, they would be talking about the NHL on ESPN. They don't talk about hockey on ESPN. Never. You get two seconds of Matt Barnaby and Barry Melrose for like one minute, you know, quick wrap up about the series. If you had them with ESPN, you'd have full analysis all the time. Great playoff coverage. You know, it just it would get the casual fan more involved into the league. And that's the thing. I love hockey. So I'm going to watch hockey no matter what station it's on. It's on versus it's on NBC. I'm going to watch it. Point being is that if you're not big into the NHL. You're not going to be flipping the verses to watch a hockey game. If it's on ESPN and you see the commercials, you see the NBA peppered 
throughout, I mean, all the time, you know, Wednesday's game, Sunday's game, Tuesday's game on TN, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. You can't avoid it if you want to. Right. And they just don't talk about it on ESPN, which, let's be honest, it, you know, worldwide leader in sports. This is what people watch. And I think for casual fans, for people that aren't too interested in the sport, they're not going to become interested in it if it's on a station like Versus. It's just not going to happen. They don't even talk about it much through Sports Center. I no, they don't. Earlier. They had like one or two things in there, and then they went to baseball, and then the draft, and then what was going on with Osama, and I was like, Oh, yeah. There'll be the Stanley Cup Finals going on, and they'll talk about the NFL. That's not even going on. Mm -hmm. NFL is, you know, it's in the offseason. They'll talk about the NFL hundred times more than they'll even mention who's playing in the Stanley Cup Finals. Because, again, they don't, you know, they don't have to. If they don't have a contract with them, mm-hmm. why are we going to waste a lot of time talking about it? Yeah, something you don't have. I mean, maybe they feel like they're touching on the wrong stuff, too. Like, it's not their place to talk about it, even, because they, they, don't, they don't broadcast any of it. No, they don't. And, you know, again, you know, you, know, you love sports. I love sports. Mm-hmm. And what you love about sports is you know the players. You know the teams. You know the, the coaches. Okay, you know the hit. That's why people love sports. The rivalries. This is what makes it exciting, okay? I can guarantee you, if you walk down the street and ask 100 people, name me three or four players off any NHL team, you pick the team, they'd have a hard time doing it. Mm -hmm. People don't know the players. People don't know the coaches. They don't know the goal. They don't know it. So why do they they don't care? Why do you think the NBA and the NFL and, and Major League Baseball are so successful? Because they market their stars well. And they have their games on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know ESPN was not the only uh, you know person offering the NHL a contract. You also had you know Turner Sports, you know TNT offering them a contract mm-hmm. as well. Turned them down. You know I just think Versus has done a decent amount for them. But if you're looking in the long run, you're never gonna gain more fans. Whoever's a hockey fan, they're a hockey fan. That's gonna that's said and done. But you're not gonna grab those young those younger kids, those new fans that don't know a lot about the league. You're not gonna get them involved. Because they're just not going to care. When you don't know anything about a sport, guess what? You don't care about a sport. It's as simple as that. But uh, let's see. we got a few more minutes left. And you can definitely still call in. Uh, we have eight minutes. So if you want to call in about that, you still can. I just wanted to say, oh, yeah. I don't know Go. if anyone's watching the, the baseball game, but it's the bottom of the second inning. We're already down 3 to nothing. We're down 3 nothing. Yeah. So I've been watching the nice little thing that shows everything on here. So I was like, oh. Three That's nothing already. Like, did you see my nice little yeah. hand flap? I'm like, gosh, we already got nah. two to nothing in the first, and then they just scored again in the second. So. Oh, jeez. So, well, thanks sorry. for the update. It's sorry. regular Tigers, <laughs> uh, good old Detroit Tigers. Sorry to. No, that's all right. It's a good update. I mean, it's better than me going home thinking that they're doing all right. (laughs) We're in a great, great mood talk, and all of a sudden we're like, oh. uh, (laughs) They have two outs already in the bottom of the second. Ah, jeez. Okay. All right, but uh, real quickly with the NBA, uh, I just want to update everyone what's going on there with the NBA. Uh, We have two two series, uh, second-round series starting up tonight. We're going to have the Atlanta Hawks versus the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Chicago uh, finished off their series with the Pacers uh, last week, and Atlanta finished off the Orlando Magic. So game one is tonight, 8 p.m. Uh, game two of the evening is going to be Dallas versus the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, that will also be game one. That game will be at 10.30. L.A., the home team. Uh, should be two good series right there. Um, Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas, L.A. Uh, a lot to look forward to with that. Um, looking at the two games that took place last uh, yesterday afternoon, uh, Boston started their series off with Miami, and Miami took them down. Dwayne Wade, 38 points, uh, took care 
of business. Uh, Miami walked away with a 99-90 victory. So I think that'll be a long series. Uh, should be a real good series there. Uh, Boston shot fantastic from the three-point line, but just they just couldn't. They were down too much, and they just couldn't close it out when it came down to it. Um, the real shocker of the day, the Memphis Grizzlies defeating the Oklahoma City Thunder 114-101. to uh, They didn't just win. They beat them good, uh, putting up 114 points on OKC. Uh, Zach Randolph, our good MSU brother, uh, 34 points. Um, just an absolute monster out there. He played fantastic in the San Antonio series, and he's keeping it up here again in this uh, Oklahoma City series. Uh, game two for uh, both of these series. Game two for the Boston-Miami series tomorrow night, 7 p.m., and game two of Memphis OKC tomorrow night as well at 9.30. So uh, those are the series you have going on tonight. Uh, the Atlanta-Chicago and Dallas-LA game, those games will be taking place on TNT if you want to check them out again on respectively at 8 o'clock and 10.30. I just did my whole hand thing again. But this is a good one. Do you guys want to hear it this It was one? a good one? Let's hear it. Alex Adela had a solo home run. All right. Two out solo home run and then Brandon didn't struck out. But Of course he struck out. <laughs> He's always going to strike that was, out. You, you started laughing. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, great. What happened now? No, he had a... It was... I mean, I didn't see it, obviously, but it was like, solo home run, Alex Beale. I'm like, yay! But yes! <laughs> finally! Yes. Well, good. I mean, let's see if the Tigers can make something out of this game, finally. Yes. But, uh, I don't know, let's go to uh, the interesting facts. Sure. To uh, end the show, and since yesterday was a quite historic day... Yes, it was. I'm going to do my facts about history. Oh, do, I, uh, never mind. What? Oh, I was going to throw mine in there, but it might be in there. You it know, might, well, I mean, probably not. Throw yours in there. The The Hitler one? Uh, nope. Hitler was pronounced dead on May 1st back in, um... Was he? Yeah, I don't remember what 1945. year it was. 1945. Was it 1945? Yep. Okay, well then, May 1st, 1945, and then we killed Osama bin Laden on May 1st. Very interesting. 2011. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, good stuff. So. <laughs> no, that's a good one. Okay. That's a really good one. Uh, let's see. So history, here we go. Uh, people drank gold powder mixed in with water in medieval Europe to relieve pain from sore limbs. I don't know what the gold powder is really. What's that going to do? Maybe I should try that. You know, my limbs are always sore from work. So uh, let's <laughs> see. Uh, pilgrims did not eat potatoes for Thanksgiving as they thought they were poisonous. Huh. And yet we eat a lot of potatoes. Oh, we love potatoes. A lot of potatoes <laughs> on Thanksgiving. And just every day, America loves potatoes. potatoes. We love starches. <laughs> love them. Uh, let's see. St. Patrick explained the Holy Trinity to King Langhair using the shamrock to illustrate the Trinity. Good old St. Patrick. Let's see. Uh, like Saint, why is there two about St. Patrick? Okay. St. Patrick never really drove out any snakes from Ireland. This story was an analogy of how he drove paganism out of Ireland. Mm. I got you. That makes sense. Okay. All right. Let's see. Talc was used by cavemen 15,000 year, years ago as an ingredient added to make paint. That's, like talcum powder, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Talc. Talc. That's talc. T. For all you listeners, it sounds like calc or something like that, maybe <laughs> over the air. Uh, the Star Spangled Banner did not become a national anthem until 1931. It was designated by an act of Congress. I actually knew that. Nice. Mm -hmm. The average lifespan of a peasant during the medieval ages was guess how long? Hmm. Average lifespan for a peasant during medieval ages. Not very long. 25 years. Yeah, I was going to So say. I'm dead if I was a peasant <laughs> back then. Uh, the Bank of America was originally called the Bank of Italy until the founder, Amido Gianni, changed the name in 1930. Yeah, Bank of America got a little more zip to it. <laughs> uh, the Canadian province, province of uh, New Brunswick had a bloodless war with the U.S. state of Maine in 1839. 
How do you have a bloodless war? A lot of yelling. <laughs> hey! Hey! Just a lot of obscenities thrown back and forth. You couldn't say that! <laughs> Wish we had a gun. Uh, let's see. The destruction of the Berlin Wall began when private citizens began to demolish entire sections of the wall without interference from government officials on November 9th, 1989. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. All right. Well, I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in to tonight's show. Uh, definitely tune in next week if you get a chance, 7 to 8 p.m. We got some more Spartan Sports Rap for you. Uh, obviously, we'll get to the Wings. Hopefully, they're doing well in their series. And uh, just this time of year, it's sports galore. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the Spartan Sports Rap on the Impact Exposure, my name's Dave Harinkew. And I'm Megan. And you guys have a good night out there. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89 FM. An exclusive podcast from Impact 89.